I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into the nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, R.J. Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. R.J. Clifford, Juan Soto, let's have some fun today. The rare live Wednesday show. So we do the, you know, we do our post shows and pre-shows and random lives and clip shows and all this stuff, but we do the main show. We record it Wednesday and release it on Thursday, right? It's the main like meat and potatoes show. That's how we got started. We're like, oh, we're gonna be a podcast. And then we became a YouTube show, etc. Rare Wednesday live because there's so much to get to timely. The game is tomorrow. We got uh, the Chadges coming into town, and so we're like, let's just do it live. Let's do it live. Yeah, there's no need for all. Oh, Riley said, "Let's do it." Fuck it, we'll do it live. Let's give it to them right away. Yeah, hit them hard, leave them wet, and take the money on the way out. You leave them wet, like you get them wet, and then you leave. No, well, I leave them like that. Raider Manny, welcome as a subscriber. We got the uh, we got subscribe subscriptions open. You can be a subscriber to the show. You get access to videos early, depending on which tier you're at, and um, you do all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, like I said, get access to videos early. Plus, um, you can send us a video that we can air on the show and answer your questions. Shout out whatever you want to do. So, welcome Raider Manny. Welcome to the posse. Uh, expectations for this game watching from the gym we will actually get to the game towards the end get like to that. i don't know why that's always a thing but they all shows all sports shows hold predictions till the end i guess it's just because you guys are begging for it i like to make you beg for it we just love to make you beg for it so it wants to leave you wet i want to leave you begging for it whichever own ways can i be both whichever own ways no can't i only have one move because if they're wet they're begging for it no the wife only gets one move. She's either begging for it or she's wet. No one in between. As you can tell, I've got the, like the baby blue on. We're actually going it's date night tonight because I leave, uh, yeah. leave out of town tomorrow to work UFC 296 in Vegas. And so it's the last night before I take off. So um, not going to rush through it. She can wait. This is more important. But yeah, make her wait for it. Yeah, make her wait for it. Make her beg for it. Theme of the show. Uh, so Mark Davis did an interview with The Athletic to Sean Reed of The Athletic. They're in. Uh, I like Sean Reed. I like his stuff. Uh, I like all the athletic guys. Ted yeah. Wynn, uh, yeah. Big Paper, yeah. we've had on the show Big, multiple yeah. times. Um, I forgot the name of the the editor, the Raiders editor over there. And then whenever they have like other writers, you know, like we're playing super thoughtful stuff, man. Super insane. Yeah, they, they hired they hired as they should because it's subscription based. The athletic is sub- subscription based. So yeah, it it's not be, the same. It's the, the same stuff you hear like just recycled over and over again. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, and case in point, they sent a writer. I believe that the. Owners' meetings are in Dallas, I believe. Doesn't matter where. Um, and Tashawn Reed interviewed Mark Davis, and there was a lot of kind of. There's a we, we sift we sifted through it, so you don't have to. There was two big points from me. Um, there was a lot of just kind of like Tashawn asked all the all the pertinent questions, right? Like, you know, what are you looking for in Antonio Pierce? What are you expecting for the rest of the season? It was all very generic. It was all kind of just, GM first or head coach first. Who are you going to? Yeah, hire? it was. It was. There wasn't a lot of hard hard answers or you know he didn't really like lean into anything but there's two things he said that was interesting one of them i know you're gonna hate and the other one he wasn't even asked he just made it a point to bring it up uh cuban raider 
Hello, Raider Nation. Greetings from Cuba. Let's get this nice win tomorrow. That would be nice. I love from Cuba. Never been to Cuba. Been to been like all over Central hey, America. Cubano. Cuba. I love I like, your sandwich. I, I got a good Cuban sandwich. I, like, I, like I, love, a, I love a good Cuban sandwich. Cuban cigar, Cuban sandwich. So here's Mark Davis talking to Deshaun Reed of The Athletic. And he asked, do you think you'll hire the GM or head coach first? And he said, he didn't, wasn't even asked, asked this question, but this was the answer he gave. He said some stuff. Um, he's, he's not making a commitment either way. But he said, lately, some articles have been coming out making it seem like the head coach had more authority on that, and that's the furthest thing from the truth. The general manager had the final authority on all of it. Whether he accepted that authority or not is a different story, but it was clear when they were hired where the buck stopped. So I don't know if there's not a lot. If you can't see any sun, if you're Dave Ziegler, that's because Mark Davis is throwing a lot of shade at him. Um, we all saw the story, Dave Ziegler claiming that, you know, or someone leaked, we can assume it's Zeke, that all these personnel issues, all the problems, it was because Josh McDaniels had more authority than everything was let on, et cetera, that was leaked. Mark Davis, without being asked, came out and said, no, 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 no. Don't shirk your responsibilities, bro. You you knew exactly what was expected of you when you failed. Yeah, let me go ahead and remix that for you. It's Hondo Carpenter wrote some BS mm-hmm. about Ziegler that probably Josh McDaniels leaked out to help his buddy Ziegler get another job because Josh McDaniels is probably going to get another job as an offensive coordinator or some some type of coach yeah. somewhere. But Ziegler doesn't have that much of a track record, so let me help my boy out and take and, and take the bullet for him. Mm-hmm. That's probably that's that's and, and also too. Mark Davis is covering himself by any potential GMs coming in that to let them know, hey, no, you're going to be the GM coming in. I'm not going to play this 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 game where you're Great like point. a GM. Like I'm you, any, anyone that I get, it's going to actually be a GM. And the last guy, despite what you want what you might have read, the last guy had the authority to do so. Now whether he took it or not, that's on him. And this also goes back to what I've been saying. I was laughed at. I was ridiculed. I got hate tweets. I got hate comments for saying, like, as bad as Josh McDaniels was as a head coach for the Raiders, I feel like Dave Ziegler was probably even worse of a general manager. People are like, oh, what are you talking about? Because all the hate, because I understand emotionally you hate Josh McDaniels more because he's the one on the sidelines making us lose and that stupid look on his face and the dumb press conferences and the players that hate him. Like, I get emotionally you want to hate Josh McDaniels more. Emotionally, I hate him more as well. But when you take a step back and you look at track record, pros and cons, what have you done well? What have you done poorly? Ziegler's did nothing well. Nothing. Like he had a couple hold serves. Like he didn't screw up the Devontae Adams deal. You or I could have done the, the deal, right? Here's two picks and here's, we're going to make you a top five non-quarterback, right? Like mm-hmm. just gave him all the money. Um, the Derek Carr contract had pluses and minuses the no trade clause screwed us but it was only 25 million dollars for that first year so it was yeah. kind of a wash yeah. right good and bad but then the chandler jones things was terrible the drafts haven't played out well uh just like it just hasn't been good personnel wise from dave ziegler and everyone's just like oh but he's but because he's such a nice guy and has like a face like a like a face where you're just like oh i trust this guy people don't want him to look at his resume and look at it objectively the moves that he does that, that that he that he did don't look good right now. Mm-hmm. Could they pan out in the future? Yeah, it, it all depends. And um, you know, like the Tyree Wilson thing, he he looked pretty good at defensive tackle when they put him in there. He was getting a lot of uh, a lot of these 
one thing that you have to realize is uh, offensive tackles are a lot better at anchoring and and, and not getting bull rushed over uh, mm-hmm. because they're used to it with the edge rushers. Guards and centers, not so much. Yeah, uh, you can do that. You you can push him back into a quarterback, and he was so. Can we look back and 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 can we say that Ziegler had a better stretch than let's say Mayock did? I'm pretty sure we'll say that was a better stretch than that. That's not a very high bar. That's a pretty low bar. I mean, Mayock Mayock did crush a, a tiny handful of gems, right? You got Hunter, you had Max, well, I mean, we also, Waller, right? So like Max, he freaking he got Spillane, uh, Marcus. I mean, Epps signed Max. Man. I mean, you made him the top three top three ends like it wasn't yeah but where is he now though and that's my other yeah that's my other point too is like you can't even like what's like ziegler's three best moves it's like really hard it's like well he didn't lose these super great players and just paid them market worth or more which isn't a great move you just didn't lose him you just did the normal thing but you look at how many screw-ups he has and it's insane chandler jones signing darren waller two seasons too early giving Josh Jacobs an extra million and a half when he had zero leverage of any kind. Just a lot of like, a lot of like, just just like so many whiffs and so many misses and no hits. There's a couple walks, right? Like, well, I would say Spillane hit by was Aaron a hit. Pitch every now and then. Spillane was a hit, I think. Spillane was a hit. Spillane, Spillane was, was a hit. hit. So I, and I'm not saying I, I disagree with you. Yeah. I'm just trying to give a, a fair assessment of things that he did well. Spillane was a hit, I think. Um, I think getting Jacoby Myers was a hit. I think he's a, a much better than people give him credit for. And um, I, I, yeah, I but, the, but the thing is, the lows are so low. It, yeah. It's it's very similar. In and and I'm not, I'm not going to make. I'm going to say his name, but I'm I'm not making it about this. It's very similar on how you and I differ on 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 Derek Carr. He has a lot of highs. He also has a lot of lows. When you put it together, how does it look? Mm-hmm. Um, with Ziegler, it's a lot more lows than highs because the lows were so freaking low. Yeah. Um, and, uh, just, just, I mean, and, and, and it's the same thing over and over again. We talked about, uh, about what Ziegler can't do in a draft. You cannot have a can't miss, like obvious consensus pick sitting there for you and you get someone else that doesn't play well. Jalen Carter was right there. Yeah. He was at right position, there. At a position like, of need. Position of need. Best player in the draft. I was defensive rookie of the year potentially. He's the he's the favorite for defensive rookie of the year. And he was right there. Was and, right and even there. and, and I'll, I'll, I want we need to move on quick. But I just, even the Jacoby Myers thing, it's like yeah, he's a good player, but you paid a ton of money and added another player in a position we already had. So even when you do like land a good player, you paid a market value maybe a little bit more, and you already had a bunch of good wide receivers. Yet I mean, we're already, paying less than we pay Renfro. So I mean it's it's below market I think a little bit below for well, well Renfro had a Pro Bowl year I think Renfro had a had a had a resume better than Jacoby at at the time but again that's my point like it's even when you do get a good player it was like I hated the move at the time because it just overloaded a position we already had when we had so many other needs mm-hmm. I've learned to love the player like I'm glad we have him. like he's good but it's just like another target and like anyway uh, the other part that really stuck out to me from the Mark Davis interview. Do you want to continue to have the general manager have that final say when it comes to personnel decisions? Mark Davis. Well, I don't know. Again, I grew up in a different type of structure. My father worked with the head coach quite a bit, but then he had former Raiders scout Ron Wolf, who was very, very good at player personnel, things like that. And he kind of just babbled on. 
about how things went and how at least he's at least he's uh self-aware where he's like look i don't have my father's eye for talent like i can't when owl davis was in his prime like he was you know he had a he was a pretty decent scout like that obviously fell off the older he got but he was a pretty decent scout in his prime and mark davis like i'm not that like i don't have that ability which is good to know that he has that self-awareness so he said so that's a missing puzzle a piece to the puzzle so to speak is a solid football mind that isn't the gm or the head coach and i think that's a piece that's go- probably going to be necessary somewhere down the line and bringing in someone that understands that football that's about that's above the day-to-day work so he's not committing to making sure he has a separate GM and a separate head coach. It sounds like he has no clue. It sounds like he's very flexible to kind of like whatever's going to happen. He wants to let, he's, he sounds like a, just a guy that's like knows there's something missing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I, I think that he, he, he knows that there's options. I think he knows that he has options, but mm-hmm. one of the things that's extremely encouraging is he knows he's aware of him. He's aware. He's self-aware. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when people get into problems is when they're not self-aware and they think there's something that they're not, or they try to meddle into things that they, that they shouldn't. So him being aware of the fact that he does, he's not that type of scout type of talent guy. Mm-hmm. He can go. Dip, I think he's he's open to anything. He's open to having a, t- a, a a prototypical GM head coach situation. I personally would rather him buddy up and find a GM that he likes. Even if we have to like, I've heard some articles where we have to trade for an established one. I don't give a crap. Yeah, it's gonna be if we get a strong guy and then we could build from there. The it should be a tighter bond between head coach and GM than GM and head coach. I'm sorry, owner and GM as opposed to GM and head coach because the GM is more so thinking about the um, the franchise and the state of the franchise going forward and how to build a winner going forward, not just what happens in front of you, which is the head coach is like what's going on right here and now. Um, but I just, it sounds like he's, he's open to any different option, like, a, a, a duel like a, a Gruden type of thing again when he gets if you get a, a head coach slash president or whatever uh, and then you got GM that does more of the scouting type of stuff uh, or a typical you know a traditional GM head coach role I think he's open to both he sounds like a guy that knows he's been screwing up and doesn't really know what to do and he's just kind of like I'm open to whatever I think's going to work and it's funny he also mentioned in the article not like he's hitting the phone to be like, hey, are you available? Hey, is that guy available? He's just taking phone calls from agents, which is, you know, every 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 good head coach in GM is testing the waters, right? It's like, oh, the Raiders, like they pay a lot of money and they might fire you in two years and still pay you for the next four. Like we got at least got at least knock on Mark Davis's door, right? Say trick or treat, see what we can get out of this, right? So I'm not saying he's gonna miss things, but it is kind of a a rich kid style to just kind of like sit back and see who makes you the best offer as opposed to like an entrepreneur self-driven person who's like, I want to know what this guy has. I want to know what's going on in John, you know, Harbaugh's mind right now. I want to know if, you know, Mike Tomlin's going to get fired. I want to know if Belichick's going to get fired. Like, you know what I mean? There's a, just a different type of mentality. And Mark Davis is kind of like the sit back and wait as opposed to just sink your teeth into it and go. Mm-hmm. I, I want to put too much into that because who's to say he's telling you the truth? 
who's to say that's exactly actually what he's doing? Maybe that might be what he himself is doing, but what if he has other people underneath him doing that kind of legwork for him? I think it's still, I think that's still what I'm talking about is like Jerry Jones is not going to sit back and just be like, well, let's see what comes to me. He's going to like drive to P- Pittsburgh and knock on Mike Tomlin's door and be like, are you getting fired? Do you want to leave? Like what's going on? You know what I mean? That's not Mark. He's never going to be Mark. So I don't know why I want to bitch about it. Well, that's why it's so important for him to get that run and find that running mate mm-hmm. to find that GM. That is the, the, this, this GM is very important, man. It's got, he's got to be a lot of things. He has to be, he has to buy into the Raider, the, the the Raider like mystique. He has to buy into that. He has to buy into the Raider culture. He has to be a Raider guy, but he also has to be. Does he? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what Mark is looking for. Uh, he's looking yeah, that, for I mean, guy. I think you're right there. I think I, I think you're 100 correct with that. Like, I don't I don't think he has to be, but I think it's going to get. Well, more. I mean, I'm looking at it from the perspective of what Mark Davis is looking for. Yeah, like what he he has, you know. I believe Antonio Pierce grew up a Raiders fan, but like the way he leaned into it so hard as interim trying to get the head coach, like the permanent job, like he knows Mark's what Mark's wants to hear. Yeah. So he, he is, there's that. You have to be, of course, talent evaluator. You have to be a leadership evaluator. So to get the right pieces in place as far as the coaching staff, the coaches underneath. So it's not just about getting a head coach and getting coordinators. It's about getting the, the quarterback coaches and the, special assistants and all the different quarters underneath those guys. So when guy, the, the top guys do go to different jobs, which is what you want, because that means you have a good coordinator. That means you're doing well. When those guys leave, you have guys that can take their place. So it's about not, not just talent evaluation for a player, but also leadership evaluation for your coaches, um, getting a good structure. So you have someone who's structured, someone who you could be a buddy with, someone who you don't mind spending the next 20 years being joined at the hip with, you know? Thomas Reynolds, is Mark respected among other owners, owners, agents, and insiders? No. Probably not. No. He's not. I wouldn't say no. I would say no. He's not. Uh, he got laughed out of his – he got swindled out of his deal to try to move to the Carson uh, Stadium with the Chargers. It was all set, ready to go. They said, no, nah, we're not going to do that. Um, the way – and especially how the league is getting more like bajillionaires are buying franchises, right? Like Walmart came in and like the Rams owner and – um, uh, the you know Broncos and like there's just like bajillionaires coming in and you've got the old school dude whose dad wasn't even really rich he was just like swindled the other two owners that, I've always said that should be the thirty for thirty how Al Davis got to own the Raiders and how he swindled his, the other two partners and then Mark Davis just inherited it one of the poorest owners although you have to respect how successful the move to Las Vegas has been yet Sheldon Adelson that just did all the legwork for Mark Davis. Got seven hundred fifty million in free taxpayer money. Got to keep the stadium, keep the team. Gave no equity to anything. PSLs through the roof, and now he's just Scrooge McDuck diving into the his vault and just swimming around. Like you got to respect that. But I mean, the team's been terrible ever since Mark Davis took over. It's 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 just a, a there's no structure and and every it, more damaging to the franchise. Maybe not the season and the team, but more damaging to the franchise has been the turnover in uh, and the uncertainty in, in the GM position. That that's that's the hard part because and whatever the team wants to call him, president, GM, whatever they want to call it, the, the guy who makes the decisions, that guy, that uncertainty is is more unsettling for a franchise than the head coach. And um, 
more often than not, when you see a good franchise that wins consistently, it's their front office is consistency there too. So the next GM is going to have a lot of big decisions to make. First and foremost, the head coach. Um, what are they going to do with Devontae Adams? What are they going to do with Josh Jacobs? And what are they going to do with what's likely to be a very high draft pick? So as of right this second, according to Tankathon, the Raiders have the sixth overall pick at 5-8. and eight. Um, It looks like Carolina's probably got things locked up at 1-12. and 12. And by They're Carolina, terrible. I mean it's going to Chicago, right? Lost six in a row, and, and get, they could lose it. They're, they're probably going to lose out rest of the season they're all they they gave up two red zone touchdowns to Derek Carr yeah in the same game that's how bad they are and they got three and ten you got New England and Arizona two and three you got a four and nine Washington and then you have six teams at five and eight Chicago Las Vegas New York Giants New York Jets or New York Jets New York Giants Tennessee and LA Chargers now moving forward right we got four more games left we gotta lose this game bro What's it going to look like? Of the six, five, and eight teams, the Raiders and the Chargers are most desperate. They're the ones in the worst situation. Um, the Raiders can't move the ball for crap. The Chargers' defense was awful before. Their offense was struggling when they had Justin Herbert, who's now on, who's out, right? Not playing anymore. Uh, and then you've got Chicago, who's won two in a row, found some life. The Jets, Zach Wilson just came off the best game of his NFL career, found some life. The Giants have won three in a row with Tommy DeVito. The ten- hey. The- hey. Uh, Will Levis with Tennessee led them to an incredible comeback, and they seem to be rallying around him. So there's all the other five and eight teams have a lot of positives going around them. They're all, they're all coming off wins. They all have some momentum. They're, all their quarterbacks are playing like better than they ever have. It's really just the Raiders and Chargers at five and eight that are really struggling and likely to fall apart. So it's like, okay, well, what about the six and seven teams, right? So there's six, six and seven teams. The three NFC South teams are all playing. They all have something to play for. They're all still in the playoff hunt because they're it's the NFC South, right? They're all still in it to make the playoffs. So they're so still fun. playing for something. And then after that, the Seahawks are the ninth seed. The Rams are the eighth seed. And the Packers are currently the seventh seed at six and seven. So, um, all these NFC teams are still fighting for playoffs. Like they're still very much alive in the playoffs. They can still win their division at six and seven. So they're all still playing for them for something. It's basically just the Raiders who more or less, more or less have an interim coach. That's not going to become head coach, just kind of hanging out. And then you've got the chargers who may fire Brandon Staley Thursday. If they lose to the Raiders, which they're favored to lose of all these 12 teams, right? Six teams at five and eight, six teams at six and seven. Of those 12 teams, the Raiders are in the probably the worst position to win. They definitely have the most uncertainty as far as um, leadership, quarterback situation, mm-hmm. uh, just overall, I mean, health. Uh, we know, but the thing is, is, is we know there's all uncertainty going into the Chargers. We know that Herbert's out, yep. right? What's going on with Josh Jacobs? What's going on with Devontae Adams? Um, not Devontae Adams, but uh, Max Crosby. Um, I don't. I never want to just say, "Yeah, we should lose just just to lose." Um, but we shouldn't try to win when there's nothing to play for. Like, mathematically, we're still in the playoff hunt yeah. because there's so many teams that are like kind of in that middle ground. So mathematically, we're still there. Um, 
if we can turn, if we can figure out what was what went wrong, and that's a big if because a lot went wrong mm-hmm. against a very, I mean, an okay-ish borderline playoff team in Minnesota with a backup and, and then a third string quarterback. I mean, uh, so we to look that bad if, if if we can figure out what happened and how to fix it. Uh, again, what we have a rookie head coach, a rookie offensive coordinator, and a rookie starting quarterback. It's probably not going to happen. So um, for us, that that's that's the just the, the lack of um, experience in in key positions for for us is is what's really going to bring us down. Uh, so the other part of this uh, equation. So we know, like you know, we're bought at 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 worst, second worst situation of those twelve teams that are either. Uh, of those of those two records that we talked about, right? Either um, five and eight or six and seven. The remaining schedule also paints a terrible picture or also doesn't paint a good picture for the Raiders moving forward, right? So you got these other 12 teams, right? Strength of schedule from easiest to worst, right? Green Bay, second easiest strength of schedule left. They still have the Panthers, Bears, and Bucks. Uh... Atlanta, 30th, third easiest. Tampa Bay, 28th hardest. Jacksonville, 27th hardest. Uh, Saints, 24th hardest. Chicago, 23rd hardest. Jets, 21st hardest. So the Raiders, 13th in strength of schedule moving forward, right? We got the Chiefs, Broncos, and Colts, and the Chargers are the easy one left. So even of all those teams that have more to play for than the Raiders are in playoff hunts are playing well with good quarterbacks, they also have easier schedules moving forward. So not only of, of the 12 teams in that span of fighting for that, that uh, you know, getting to like a top three or top four pick, not only do we have the least to play for and the least going for us, we have the hardest schedule of those other 11 teams. We shouldn't, we shouldn't win too many more games. <laughs> I think this next game is, is the best opportunity we're, that we're we three have point favorites with the chargers we're not going to be favorites at all no the no. chiefs no broncos no colts probably not no no i don't, I don't think so i don't think so no so with that so, said i i i fe- i'm gonna i'm gonna predict like the third overall pick is within striking distance i mean technically first overall is still in striking distance right caroline would have to win out we'd have to lose out but that's not gonna happen right so like I would say realistically, hoping for third overall could be possible, right? I think I think that's like I think that's a good thing to hope for. I'm predicting we have fifth overall. Who's Washington playing again? Washington's strength of schedule is tough. They got Niners, that's what I'm saying, dude. Cowboys, but they got Jets and Rams. They're not going to win another game. They won't win another game. They probably I think are. I think I think five is is the highest we can get to. Where's, five, where's, what I'm, yeah, five's what I'm predicting. I'm predicting. Yeah. I'm predicting five. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't see Arizona or uh, or um, the Bears. I actually I, I just do see the Bears winning a couple more games, but I don't see Arizona winning too many more games, if any at all. I don't see uh, Carolina winning any. The, the guys below us are in terrible positions, yeah, more or less. Yeah. But all the people within striking distance of us all have it better. More to play yeah, for. Schedule. Schedule. Where it's it's very unlikely we're going to fall 
lower than unlike we're going to go like seventh or higher. I think we can get. I think we'll get to five. I think we can do five. I think we I think go one and three cool. out. Chicago look, wins. Chicago wins a couple. Panthers are already locked in pretty much. They only have one win, so that's going to be Chicago, right? New England is awful or terrible. New England, excuse me, and um, the Cardinals are bad, and and then they only have three wins. So with 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 four games, they're both coming off wins. That's the other. That's you know, it's like you're right. They're they're awful. Yeah, but that's but now now is when you can pick against them because they got that last win. Okay, not gonna win too many more. There's no way they can win too many more. That was their last breath. Yeah, yeah. Like as they're drowning, that's the one bubble that comes out before they go down. Uh, Justin Marmon, our boy. Thank you for the super chat. How's the new studio coming? Who's out, please? You don't have to beg too hard for that second part. Uh, studio's going great. I was there yesterday. A um, couple teasers for you. I want to do a big reveal. I don't want to give away too much, but there's going to be a 50-inch monitor in the background. Basically just a plasma TV that I purchased. Not a plasma, but 50-inch monitor. Uh it's going to do, we're going to do like a very like black hole feel. Like it's going to be like dark, like everything's going to be black. Um, I got all of my like Raiders, like my signed football, signed helmets, all that cool shit. We're going to have it all um, like all in the background. Multiple. So I don't know how many like video nerds are out there, but we have multiple FX 30 cameras. The FX 30 has shot $50 million budget cinema movie theater shots. And we have three of those cameras that we're doing. Top of the notch audio. We're going to look awesome. Now, based on the ugly mugs of me and Soto, maybe you don't want to see us in that high definition, but too We're going to have to put makeup on? Um, I mean, if you want to. If it's something you've been dying to do. Mm, I'm okay. No? Okay. Oh, Turco's got a framed Jacobs jersey for us. Oh, are you uh, are you messing with us? Are you really going to send us a framed Josh Jacobs jersey? I think now, we got to pick I'm it up. I'm assuming it's framed girl. because you signed it, or or it was signed by Josh Jacobs, or is it framed for another reason? I don't Wait know. Wait a second. Wait a second. What is this? What is this? Which Gracie gym do you work at? I don't work at a Gracie gym. I work at a a Muay Thai gym in Fountain Valley, which is very close to Garden Grove. All right, yeah, the jet, the uh, the studio is going to be in Cyprus, so not far from you. All right, look at this studio's getting better and better. We got to talk about it more often. We're getting free swag, free stuff. <laughs> got to make sure to put to put like a like when you uh, you go to camp and you got to sew your your name and number into your underwear in case yeah. you know it gets lost. You got to put put something on the back of that frame so we know you know who to send it to if uh, we ever have to like switch around stuff. You know, I got We got to start talking about like, hey, we're opening up a bank. Bring us money. You're hey, right. we're opening up a strip club. What was that one guy? Bring us some that, that, in, in that baseball game that said, hey, here's my, my Venmo. Send me beer money. And he got like a million bucks. Like people he, got like, he got like 30 grand, but still. A million, <laughs> a million bucks is like 30, 30 grand. is just, just about a million bucks. I like your story way better. He had a million dollars. Don't let me ruin that story for you. It's like the guy with the pet rock. He made a million dollars. Back to the athletic. Uh, Vic Tafer, one of Maybe my, my favorite, boy, my right boy, now. and uh, he's been on the show multiple times. Good man. Uh, he wrote an article immediately following the insanely embarrassing loss to the Vikings, and in the first three paragraphs is more or less what he was getting at. When Josh Jacobs limped off the field, the locker room at the end of the third quarter, I thought that should be it. 
Jacobs is a tough guy, but there's no reason for him to play again for the Las Vegas Raiders this season, and he should take Max Crosby with him. Crosby is playing with a bad knee. He's a maniac, so we still have two sacks in the 3-0 loss to Minnesota Vikings on Sunday afternoon. There was a moment when he was slow getting off the grass and came out for a play and risking the franchise player to spray some cologne on a 5-8 season makes no sense. Soto, do we pull our two of the top four best players we have for the rest of the season because of the risk of injury? It depends on the injury. If the injury is like, okay, look, you're not gonna you're not gonna make it any worse. It's gonna it's just gonna be hard for you to, you know, to play. You're gonna have to play through some pain, but you're not gonna structurally damage it more than it's up to the player to play. Every if, like every football coach is are you hurt or are you injured? Right? Yeah, right. So like if 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 um with Max Crosby, if the if the main issue was just the infection and he just has a little bit of like you know, inflammation and water in his knee, but it's not anything structural that's that's being compromised. I don't see why he wouldn't play. Same thing with Josh Jacobs and his leg. If it's a structural thing where it's like, yeah, you need to get that cleaned up in the offseason, like then yeah, they should shut it down. Because potentially with Josh Jacobs, but for sure with Max Crosby, these are cornerstone pieces of your franchise that you want to build on moving forward for the next five, six, seven years. So why exactly why spray cologne on this this turd of a season? Uh, I understand you want to be out there with your guys. I understand you want to be out there with your your family and your teammates and your brothers. I, I get that. But that's why someone has to step up and be the strong person in the room and say, no, this is best for you. Everyone knows that we're shutting you down. No one thinks that you're asking us to shut you down. I think that I'm with you in the sense that I think the devil is in the details. Um, you obviously are using much more caution when you're if you're not mathematically limited from the playoffs, you should always be playing as if you can make it, right? That's, that's And the other part is, too, we talk about it all the time. Like, everyone wants to tank so fast, right? You're one and four. And you're like, tank. Let's get the number one pick. Like, NFL teams really don't tank. It, they really don't. Because you can't half-ass football. Like, why does the Pro Bowl always suck? You get hurt, man. Because you get hurt. You have to play. And all those players, maybe, like, maybe, like, they don't really care about getting a high draft pick. They care about making sure they keep their job. Yeah, they keep the putting putting tape there. That's the every week is, is their resume. They put they put their their, t- their play on film. Any player worth his salt is if you're zero and sixteen or sixteen and zero goes into the 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 facility on Monday saying I'm going to lift. I'm going to get focused. Coach, what's the game plan? How can I get better? How can I contribute to a win? You want every single player on your team doing that. One, for selfish reasons for themselves, because their careers are on the line. Again, the vast majority of NFL players are on year-to-year contracts, and they're like kind of bubble guys. And if they don't yeah. think what, they, they're bagging groceries, right? So they all or, have to Or they have a multi-year deal, but they can get out of it for nothing. And then they're out on the street whenever, you know? Or even those guys that are on practice squads that go up and down. I mean, if you have like a, a team that's playing young guys and you've been on a practice squad all year and you know you can get out there and play, hell yeah, you're going to go out there and try to give it your best. Hell yeah, you don't want to do it. You want to flash on film. This isn't the NBA, right? Where it's like it's it's super easy to tank, and you know when they're doing it. It's it's not. It's football. It's different. So this, so so get tanking out of your mind, right? Stop thinking like, oh man, I hope we these everyone just half asses it and we lose out. Like that, that's that's not going to happen. And the other part about that is Max Crosby is a culture setter. Like the culture of the locker room that we want is what 
Max Crosby is the human embodiment. Like there should be a statue of him like on a treadmill in the locker room. Everyone be like Max. Be like Max. Be like Max. So to take him out and rip that out, that carries over to the next season. That carries over into the offseason. The idea that like if you pull back just an inch, it's so hard to get that back. It is a thousand times easier to pull back 10% than to get that 10% back when you're back to winning again. And I hate that. Now, again, abundance of caution with Max and Josh with their knees. I, I, I get it, right? Abundance of caution. If there's a, a serious set, there's a serious possibility of long-term damage with Max, okay. But don't be so quick to just yank guys because of a couple boo-boos because the season's, big, you know, not mathematically over, but more or less over. There are much bigger consequences and repercussions. And it's not just spraying cologne on the turd of a season. It's everything else that goes with it. Yeah, is it getting to six wins is that much bigger? No, but all those other consequences I talked about are a big deal. Yeah, and, and we I, we talked about it maybe like in last week or two weeks ago is um, the reason why you can't try to tank is because you may miss out on players that are good, solid players because they're not you're not you're not giving that vibe off that you're trying to win. Yeah. So they're kind of half asking, and then they'll go somewhere else and be and you know play really well. So and, you want to make sure that you're seeing you're seeing exactly what the players have. You're not you no no sugarcoat, and that's why it's very important for. If, if, if we shut Max Crosby down, it's very important for us to get out in front of it and say that the team is shutting him down and not that he's wanting to get shut down. Because that's, that's, I, I can still see him being on the sidelines and, and, and cheering everyone on. How about this? This defense just keeps getting better. Like this defense has, is playing better than it has in 20 years. Like they're, they're, there's, they found something here. Like something's working. Like the offense is a mess, but the defense is playing better than it has in two decades. You want to keep that formula rolling. You want to be like, hey, like, look how strong we closed out this season. Let's pick up next season right where we left off. Let's be even better. Patrick Graham's got a great recipe here. All those things. And here's another part. Max Crosby is a genuine threat to be defensive player of the year. Do you want to yeah, take, take rip that away from him? A chance to be defensive player of the year? On the Raiders? On the Raiders. You know how hard that is? That's like Joe Burrow taking the Bengals to the Super Bowl. Defensive player of the year on the Raiders? We've all known that Max Crosby is a defensive player of the year talent, but because he's always played on such a trash defense, he never gets the recognition. This season, Max is, like, he's playing great, but this is the Max we all knew. This is this is the Max that every years. This is the Max that Charger fans and Chief fans and Bronco fans know. But because now the defense is actually playing well, he's getting the recognition because now he's not getting triple teamed every play like he used to. And guys are pulling their weight around. He could be defensive player of the year. And you want to yank that away because. Yeah, that's why I said if 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 he's just hurt and it's just pain, I, you and I have been have heard that a million times in, in fighting and training. If it's just pain, just go out there and suck it up. Yeah. But if there's something really wrong with you, OK, then we'll figure it out. But if it's just if it's just pain, just just go out there and you know it's it's like tap into a calf slicer. Like, bro, it's like you're not gonna your legs not gonna break off. You got four it games. Left. All right, four more games. Hey, Spivy, thank you for the super chat. Respect, Spivey, bro. Spivey, Spivey, Spivey. It could be either. What's that? Reading, Reading area, Chico, Reading, uh, up to Reno, right in that Great area. Great content. Like, go Raiders. Five and props to uh, to Spivy. He knows how to hold a fish. Like when you're holding a fish, 
you don't do it close because it looks smaller. You hold it way up front, so it looks. Big my hands are, bro. Right, like, <laughs> like, like, imagine this was a fish. I'm holding it here. Now I'm holding it. Whoa! Look at the size of that. Holy shnikes! That's a huge fish. He knows what he's doing. Windbags know what's up. All right, let's get into the Thursday's game. Raiders three point favorites over the Chargers. Over under thirty four points. This is That's the bad. That's low. I mean, that's still a 17 to 17 game after what both teams have been doing. Well, I mean, we have the Easton stick, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, the, the, uh, the superstar that has Easton stick is a superstar name, but we don't know what we're going to get from that guy. Sounds like a hockey player. Yeah. Right. So it's just such vital parts of our offense have almost no, uh, no continuity, no, uh, no experience, you know, cause like this is what the fifth game now it's going to be no sixth game of AP of AP. Yeah. Yeah. Six games, two six games. So you see some of these rookies coming out there. I mean, CJ Stroud is, is an anomaly. It doesn't normally happen that way, Yeah, but a, a rookie in a six game, you're looking at like guys like, uh, uh, what's, what's the fucking guy's name? Uh, in, in Tennessee, in Tennessee, what's his name? Levis. Levis. I wasn't saying Nevins. That's a baseball player. <laughs> but Levis, he didn't start. You know, he's he's been in the same system, the exact same system. Even though the plays are the same, things are a little bit different as far as your play caller goes, how they want to run things. So it's almost like I wouldn't say a brand new offense, but it's not the same offense that he that was implemented in training camp mm-hmm. for Aiden O'Connell. So. It, it's going to be I, – I, who knows, man? Who knows? Thursday nights have been kind of funky uh, where, like, two crap teams just go out there and blow the roof off. Who I'm knows? not going to lie to you, dude. I'm genuinely jacked for Thursday night. I'm really excited because I hate the Chargers. And I say this every single season. Everyone's like, oh, we should take, we should get that loss. It's like to be able to trash talk my Charger buddies all offseason to me is worth – a spot or two in the draft. Like that's, that, that's what I, I want to be able to feel good watching football. I want to have fun watching the Raiders and yeah, like maybe that's not wise of me, but I want that. Like that's the main goal for me. So if, if you know, if we go from fifth to sixth overall, but we get, I get to trash talk all the charger buddies of mine. That's worth it. Like that's like, I'll take those two, those two sweeping the Broncos every year has been glorious for me. Like, okay, all right, we're, you know, now, now we're picking seventh instead of fourth. Worth it. Worth it. I want I want this one on Thursday. I really do. I want to win. That's weird coming from the guy that preaches value. It is weird. That's it's an very, emotional, very weird. emotional move. It's an emotional move. Well, I mean, that's the whole point of me being here, right? Like, you become like you... You become a football fan because you like watching football and you love the team and you and you and you, li- and you love when they win. You hate when they lose, and it's that it's the day of feeling. Mm-hmm. And then you get too analytical about it. You get too like looking too far ahead. And obviously, doing the show with you, we've become way analytical. Like the passion's still there, but it changes. You start you start you start going from like, oh man, I want to date that stripper with the the double D's and the daddy issues who's twenty five, but man. This 31-year-old with a solid job and benefits who'd be a great mom. Like, I want to be with her. Like, I still, you know what I mean? You, you, you don't always get away from wanting that 25-year-old stripper. Like, you want that good feeling Never of beating a team. You know what I mean? Like, I, and I want that. 
And I, I was want, there last I night. I was there last night for a birthday party, and you, it one? never goes away. Which one? What? The was, was the, the, oh, yeah, the castle. castle. It was, you know, whose birthday party it was? Come on. Yeah, that's right. That's fair. Uh, this is what I want. I want to embarrass the Chargers tomorrow. And then I want Brandon Staley to be fired. Because before, of us. Because of us. I know, again, that's not value because I want Brandon Staley to be coached forever because he's terrible and he's dragging down the franchise. But I want to be able to be like, we fired Josh McDaniels first and you fired Brian, Brandon Staley because we punked you at Allegiant Stadium. That's what I want. I mean, it wouldn't be a bad thing. I would pump my chest. Look, we're so not going to beat the Chiefs, okay? Look, the, and if we do beat the Chiefs, I will apologize to everyone by name, okay? Just, just write in, write, write in, and uh, and self-address stuff, stamp elbow, and, and I'll apologize to you. We're not going to beat the Chiefs. We're probably not going to beat the Broncos again. The Broncos are playing really, really, really well, and we're playing, we're playing at home, right? Uh, still, I don't know, man. That's going to be a tough game. The Colts have something to play for. They've been playing really well lately. This is our last chance, realistically, to win a game this season. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, we're not going to be favorites, for sure, the rest of the oh, season. No, 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 we're, no, no other time we're going to be favorites. Um, do, do you think Staley survives a loss on Thursday? No. no. You don't, you don't think, you don't think they'll wait three more games and just let no, them finish no, no. out the season? No. Yes. Let me Let me edit that. If we lose, he will not be the coach next season. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be after this game, but if we lose this game, it's because look, you if from the outside looking in, okay, great. You have a bunch of stuff that's going right for you at the Chargers. You're just not playing well. Mm-hmm. Look at this team. Head coach was really not a head coach. OC was really not an OC. Uh freaking quarterback who is, you know. Jury's still out, but eh, probably going to be a backup. It was a long-term project as a backup. As a backup, yeah. Yeah. So you got that. You got a defense who's playing over their head who may or may not be able to keep it going with their best player, not at 60%. Mm -hmm. The focal point of their offense is hurt and may not play. Uh, So it's not like losing to us is like, oh, man, it's a rival game. Wow, man, it's a tough – no, we're beat up. I don't know that people can – we had that wish. We're like, yeah, man, we're going to go out there and do it. We're going to shock the world, this and that, blah, blah, blah. We have a lot of stuff against us. That's why there's, like, uh, optimism for the future because we're we're uh, we're a offseason away from being really good with this defense that we have. We have a number – we're the number ninth defense as far as points allowed goes. The defense is playing insane. Special teams, arguably the best unit. We have pieces on offense. Incredible weapons on offense. We need to get some stability at quarterback, and we need to get an actual head coach at a head coach, an actual offensive coordinator, and we need to get someone in the GM who's going to be a GM from from now until the next 10 years, hopefully. This, This is a team that I think head coaches would really, really want. High draft pick, especially like an offensive minded head coach, because this is a coach of the year type team that you can take over. Oh, yeah. Seriously. Like yeah. with the high draft pick, all, all the draft capital. Um, the cap is good, right? Like the Jimmy G thing sucks, the Chandler thing sucks, but every team's got almost every team's got bad, bad contracts and dead money. Um, like we mentioned, pro bowlers all over the offense, a defense that's somehow playing lights out. This is a this is a this is a team that a coach would want to jump on. This is a, just, this is yeah, I just job. can't stress enough how important it is 
man, look, I don't care if I get another, uh, if I get dinged for this, but Patrick Graham might fuck around and be our next, our head coach next year. Where John? Maybe. Dude, because the, do, the job that he's done, the job that he's done, and, and I remember um, reading and listening to a lot of people talk about Patrick Graham uh, in the Senior Bowl mm-hmm. and how the, everyone was very impressed with his demeanor, with how he his instruction. And it's like we we see it play out on the field every single week where it's like, yeah. man, they're not doing that well. And it's okay, we'll just stick with them. Let's see what happens and see what happens. And it just keeps getting better and better and better. And uh, to 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 lose to get to get away from Patrick Graham to to replace Patrick Graham would be one of the biggest travesties that we can ever do to this team moving forward. We have to find a way. Mark Davis has to whoever the GM is has to understand that Patrick Graham stays. I would be blown away to it have would be twenty ridiculous. years of trashed the last decade, worst defense the last decade, and that's not hyperbole by every metric. The Raiders Dude, we're top ten defense. The Paul Gunther years, dude. Like how bad we've been, and then to be this level defense with, with like one one superstar, two other uh, good players, and then everyone else is kind of whoever, more or less, right? Like Spillane and Hobbs are like, even, no, who else is like for sure an above average player? Spillane and Hobbs are above average players. Other than those three guys, for sure. anyone that's even up that, that is for sure above average. No, uh, I, I would one. say Merrick is playing above average since maybe about week five. Merrick uh, is not guaranteed above average. He's playing. Yeah, I'm, he's I'm, playing I'm, well I'm, in the system he's now. Playing right now, he is. Yeah, but man, yeah. I mean, oh, Thomas, that's I a good question. That. That's a good question, Thomas Reynolds. Let's go ahead and talk about that because I think it's something that we miss out on. Does AB get credit for the defense or just Patrick Graham? Is it true AP asked Graham to be more aggressive? I think that AP allowed Patrick Graham to do more. But Patrick Graham gets credit for this defense, too. It's his defense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, AP worked for the, Patrick Graham. The the juice that AP brought to the whole team, you you saw it the most in the defense. And, and, and credit to credits too. I think there, I think there, there's credit for that. For that Thanks, that he brought, I think that's a great question. I think there's, I think there's an element there where you're like, okay, the excitement that people felt, lose, like firing Josh McDaniels, getting Antonio Pierce, the, the team felt different for real, and the offense played better, right? Which so like clearly that juice is for, for a yeah, game. briefly, right? So the, so the, the, the juice was there for a minute, um, but guys are just in position all the time, and that's not juice. That's that's scheme. that's technique. That's scheme. That's, that's uh, you know, that's an Ivy League brain being prepared. You know that, that's knowing tendencies, and uh, you know, knowing how to defend it. And guys, don't get easy plays on us, man. We had we had that big play for uh, with uh, Tyree Kill, but who does Tyree Kill not burn, right? Uh, but other than that, it's everything's been they had everyone's had to work for it all the way up. Uh, so all reports are that Aiden O'Connell is going to start. You like that? I, I I don't dislike it. It it doesn't make sense to start Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it'd be uh, absolutely stupid to start Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I, it, it would make it zero, sense make sense. zero sense. Zero. Now, if 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 let's say at halftime, or I like to give somebody a drive after halftime to see if anything that you know we could uh, make a small tweak here and there at halftime. 
But if after, let's say, the first drive into, into the third quarter, it's still an anemic offense, you have to make a change. You have. Oh, to. dude, if it's like the Vikings, if it's like last week, yeah, you do. You should. Dude, you you got, if, or if you got a couple of field goals, that's all you got. It's like, dude, you know what? It, what? What have we got to lose here? Yeah, I think we know. We know what we've seen from Aiden O'Connell to say, look, this guy, he could be a really nice backup for us with a little bit of seasoning going forward. He's not going to be our starting quarterback moving forward. He's just that's just not who he is. Maybe sometime in the way, way, way future, but right now he's not getting it done. And right now we're playing the game right now. We're not playing a game five years from now. So what's going to give us the best chance to win today, which may be going to Jimmy Garoppolo. So, so I had an epiphany about Farva because I'm, I'm with you. It's like what was it like two weeks ago? I was like, okay, he is, he is. I'm going to treat him as a quality backup quarterback for us until proven otherwise that's that's how i'm going to view him I've, I've seen enough where i think that i think that's what he is and he can change my mind better or worse right with your play but that's where i'm thinking of him like if he could be a gardner Minshew or like a jacoby Brissett type guy who can get in there and who can win some games for, a win for a fourth rounder right? yeah it's a win but but then i but then i had this epiphany right lightning struck my brain oh farva's only offensive minds in his life in the nfl have been the quarterback killer, Josh McDaniels, who's destroyed every quarterback he's ever coached as a head coach, or basically just not under Belichick. Mm -hmm. And Bo, who he was maybe a little over his head as quarterback coach and then got thrust into offensive coordinator. That's been the 100% of Farva's offensive mindset in the NFL. Like, it would be a miracle if he was playing well. Like, he would be like, impervious to bad coaching like he would have to be anti what he's being taught to perform so like i'm not i'm not saying he's patrick mahomes he's just being misled i'm saying it's like i i we need to acknowledge just the garbage instruction that he's had in the nfl so far offensively yeah so i'm gonna frame what you just said a little bit differently patrick mahomes patrick mahomes played poorly his rookie season when he got in there Mm-hmm. And he had he had Andy Reid, yeah. And he had Eric Bieniemy, and he played poorly when he finally got into a game mm-hmm. with a playoff team around him. So that's why I'm saying, can he develop into something down the line? Maybe because we don't know enough, right? But we've we've seen enough to know that he can be our backup. So it's not like, well, we got to see more of the kids, see what we got. We know what we got in him. We know yeah. we know that we know the we know the floor. The floor is okay. This guy can be. A, a solid backup for us. So we, the floor yeah. is there. We don't need to see too much. Um, I just want to see him with with some with a talented offensive coordinator for the first time ever, and then see what we got. I think I think that's I think that's fair to him and fair to us to be like, okay, like look, it's hard to, it's hard to flourish under Josh McDaniels. Literally, no quarterback has no quarterback has flourished under Josh McDaniels unless he's in New England. Never ha- literally never happened. And to ask him to be the exception to the rule is pretty crazy. It is. Uh, David King Raiders, uh, Aiden O'Connell is too much of a statue. He's worse than Drew Bledsoe. He is statuesque. And that is why when you play that style as a quarterback, you have to know your offense inside and out, which he hadn't really had the same offense his rookie season. He's had two offensive coordinators who, even though the look, the plays are pretty much the same. 
no matter what team you go to, there's a couple of wrinkles here and there as far as motion wise goes. And maybe the terminology is different, but it's not like everyone, people are running this like crazy designs or anything like that. You know, it's a couple teams out there doing like some, some, off, some teams are, yeah, some teams are doing like way off the mark, but for the most part, most of the teams are running the same stuff. Okay. So, but still, you know, kind of like what, what, what the philosophy is behind the, the, the plays has is shifted from what, JMD wanted to do and what Bo Hardegree wants to do. So um, you have to have that inside and out knowledge of that offense if you're going to be a statue. You have to know exactly where to go even before you know what the issue is. You have to, you have, to have great anticipation. Exactly. You have to know touch. exactly where to go. Okay, here's what I see here, but if this happens, I go here. If this happens, I go over there. You have to have that deep of an understanding of this offense to be able to be a statue and be um effective unfortunately right now but with with like what you said uh was a great point is a lot of the turmoil he's had as far as leadership offensively um definitely not the best uh foundation for him this season but he's getting a lot of reps which is which is good the good thing for aiden o'connell the chargers are 29th in yards allowed per game with their defensive mastermind head coach but hey listen the answer is going to be the same are you gonna keep calling the plays? Like, that's that's how I want to see him get fired. Just like ripping some media dude that was kissing his butt two seasons ago for like asking him why you suck. What if, what if the Raiders score like forty points and then someone in the media is like, "So were you calling defensive plays today?" <laughs> uh, Spanos' no. bodyguard just immediately just like body slams him off they the just, podium. They just, they just like whisper in his ear. Some guy you remember, with like, you, you remember that sunglasses. You remember that movie Drumline? You ever seen that movie? I I am aware of it. I never saw it. So it's like a it is like a weird a weird part of a movie of the movie where everyone wants to be on the first line, right? Everyone wants to be like a starting, you know, in the drum line. Okay. So uh, in the movie, you can challenge someone to like a like a battle, basically. Well, I want to play this song or this beat or whatever. It's like bring it on. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm challenging you for your spot. Okay. And if I win, that means I get your spot for the next game, right? And what um, you don't know who wins and who loses, right? Because they both have to play something, right? And then the like the band leader guy, the guy that was on those uh, Make Seven Up Yours commercials, uh, he walks up to the people and he just like whispers in their ear. He whispers. You don't know what it is. And then like either they they stay standing, which means they won, or they have to like unhook their their drum and like take off and like sit in the. And then the other guy comes over and takes the. the that's what's going to happen to Brandon Staley. He's going to be at the podium like this. Someone's going to walk up. And Give like, me your visor. And he's just going to walk off. <laughs> he has to hand him his visor. If so fact, though. Takes the whistle out. Uh, Spivy, thank you for the super chat. I will be wearing my Jack Tatum autograph jersey. Oh, what a I wouldn't even, freaking I wouldn't, I wouldn't wear a jersey like that. That'd be I wouldn't wear that. And hoping for more hits that send receivers to the tent. I've been a Raider fan since 1968. This is the best defense I've seen in a long time. Best since the Super Bowl year. This is the best defense I've seen for the Raiders since the Super Bowl year. Not all season, but currently this like last month and a half, right? Two months. And there's been pieces of it all season. Like we don't give up big plays. Um, Max's year has been great. Guys are generally in position, but they've just been like kind of fundamentally off. They're fun. This, this defense is fundamentals got better as the season ran on. I think that's, that's probably the biggest thing is they're, they're getting Patrick Graham. And they're like, they're think they're, they're getting, it's getting, a, they're getting accustomed to what's happening. 
So they're not overthinking so they can focus on fundamentals. Not just like, well, where am I supposed to be? Where am I going to go? Are you like, that's already been figured out. So now I can focus, get my pads low, get my hips with me. All their movie, time, movie time with Soto. You remember that movie stand and deliver? No. About the, uh, Jaime Escalante. He goes into, uh, I never even heard teacher. of it. He's a teacher that goes into this like poor school in East LA and teaches all these like dumb kids who are like all messed up, whatever. He teaches them calculus. Okay. Right. Because it's like the steps of the way, right? So they're, he's teaching them high level calculus, right? And then they're getting ready for like the state exam, the state board exam, right? So he says, we're, to, to get to where we need to go, we have to remember where we were. Mm. So he starts over and he says, okay, we're going to start over from the very beginning, page one. And we're going to review everything. That's what we did defensively with Patrick Graham. Is mm-hmm. he was teaching us stuff, and then in the middle of the, I think I think it was uh, the week before, um, McDonough got let go. Okay, he said we're going to go back to the basics and we're going to focus on the fundamentals. So that's kind of what they did again. Is they went back and they sharpened up the basics. So you're sharpening up the basics with more things in your mind, kind of like fighting, where you're like, okay, let me. Let me make sure I'm still doing these basics right because I know the game plan, but I want to make sure I get the basics right. That just helps everything else. Uh, that's kind of what we did with with the, the defense. And where was this defense last year? This defense last year had maybe not as good a talent last year, and they had this year. They have a team, a defense that has a second year with a competent defensive coordinator. We haven't had that in a long time. A second year in a row with talent and a competent defensive coordinator. So Easton Stick will be the starter. Justin Herbert, broken hand. Um, he's thrown a total of 25 career passes in the NFL. In 24, 25. 25. And even Herbert didn't have a good game when we played them earlier in the season. He had 167 no, he yards, a touchdown, interception, and a 72 rating. We should mollywop Easton Stick defensively. That should be the case. Uh, the Chargers have been held under 11 points in three straight games. They've been averaging 7.6 points per game in the last three games. And this defense is playing well. Even with Max a little hobbled, this we the defense should eat. Like, it should be 11 Condors on Thursday night. Um, we should. We should. Um, the thing is, is this team isn't built. Even though they ran well against us the first time, this team isn't built to have like the traditional young quarterback offense. Mm-hmm. Pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball, and throw the ball off play. That's not how this team is built. This team is built to throw the ball over there, get get the ball to your running back in space. That's that's this type of offense, and that's what Kellen Moore wants to run. Uh, and that was one of the issues uh, with um, Kellen Moore in Dallas is he wouldn't run the ball even with Lee's. He would still throw the ball and allow teams to come back. So. I don't know. I don't know uh, what uh, what what Kellen Moore is going to look for in this game with Easton Stick. Sam A, would you rather be five and twelve or seven and ten? So it's a loaded question, a little bit, because obviously we want the higher draft pick, the better. But if we could knock the Broncos out of the playoffs in the last game of the season, I'd let I I am willing to let ourselves slip a spot draft to be able to not let the Broncos go to the playoffs to beat them and knock them out. Oh, the Cinderella season. Russell Wilson's figured it out. Oh my God. Their coach is so brilliant. 
Nope. The curse continues. We're now four straight seasons of sweeping the Broncos. Yeah, bro. That feeling is worth a spot in the draft. Is it worth not getting the quarterback you want? I don't think that one spot would make would make it. It could. could. It's the difference between Nick Bosa and Cleveland Farrell. Well, Cleveland Farrell should have been a second rounder. (laughs) What I'm saying is that's who that's who we ended up picking. We you tell me that Bosa wasn't there, we wouldn't have picked Nick Bosa. Yeah, we would have picked Nick Bosa. Well, look, and 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 like I I I would have the guaranteed amazing feeling of knocking the Broncos out and being able to talk trash to my Broncos friends all off season. And then there's the maybe does it hurt us in the draft? Like I'll take the bird in the hand of the imaginary two in the book. Let me ask you this. Ask away. Let me ask you this. Okay. Would you rather have hands or feet? No, I'm just kidding. Would you rather look Mary kill? <laughs> would you rather what did you did you say the, the F word? <laughs> I should make you actually know, but I'll I'll you did say it. That's why I, that's why I stopped you. Okay. Would you rather beat the Chargers Thursday, lose to the Chiefs next week, and beat the Broncos, or lose this week, stun the Chiefs at home, and beat the Broncos, or beat the Chiefs, beat the Chargers, and lose to the Broncos? I would, what I really, I give you number four. I want to win out and knock Brandon Staley from getting fired, knock the Chiefs down a couple spots in the playoffs, knock the Broncos out. I would, um, I like, I like being able, I would rather beat the Broncos than anybody because I want to be able to sweep them for four straight seasons. So is it Chargers or Chiefs? Who would you rather beat? Because if you beat the Chargers, Beating the Chargers and being not. able to, to knock Staley off would be pretty exciting. That would be, that would but be if you but if we beat the Chiefs, it's at the Chiefs. We could take a double lap again. That would be a good win. You know, you know Antonio Pierce will get some airbags on those buses mm-hmm. and he'll be hitting switches and you will take that extra lap. <laughs> what is he he drives he drives a six four Impala, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 You have to fly that bad boy yeah. out oh, and just like lead, lead the parade. Well, come uh, on, we'll answer the question. You are, you, you're already I, sitting around to beat the Broncos. Okay, Broncos, the Broncos. Broncos are number one. Okay. You would be nice to beat, beat the Chiefs, Chiefs at the Chiefs. Be Chiefs at would, the Chiefs. Would, we haven't beat the Chiefs. In, we beat them once in the last, what, seven seasons, right? Six. Yeah. Six seasons. I think that's something you can really build off of, building the Chiefs. Like if Because if we did beat the Chiefs, we did something really special that we can think that's replicated. Not just beat the Chiefs. Beat them at, at home. Chiefs. They're also kind of floundering too. So if we can like send them into a real okay. big tailspin. Can I get a timeout here? On the cursing? Um, I, uh, okay. Okay. Unshunned. In this cancel culture world that we live in, where it's always 50% on this side and 50% on this side. Have you see, have you heard of, of, a, of a subject being so universally agreed upon as what a fucking little cunt bitch Patrick Mahomes is. Mm. I'm just glad. Well, it's, it's, we all knew this forever. Yes. Every single time you touch him, like touch his fingernail, he's crying to a ref and he's getting the call every time. Patrick and then Mahomes the one said, time he doesn't, everyone's just like, whoa, whoa, I can't believe, I can't believe Patrick Mahomes acted that way. It's like, you can't? He does Patrick it every Mahomes, single day. In, in a press conference with clear English, 
said, oh, well, he was barely offsides. And he complained about him being barely offsides. Like, why did they throw that? He was barely offsides. Like, oh, my God, dude. The this life is, of Patrick Mahomes being unaware of yourself. Getting, getting all of your calls. Like, that's how you think, right? And you got Max Crosby, who's getting, like, choke slammed every play and can't get a holding call to save his life. What? We, we He didn't even give him a warning. What? <laughs> you didn't what? let him off with a warning. <laughs> it's like how a white guy talks with the cops. You just kind of like, I can't believe he pulled me over. I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> I was I was talking to somebody last night uh, because I used to live with a, a cop. Uh, my cousin's husband was an LAPD, uh, LAPD officer, and he worked in Southeast, so, like, Nickerson Gardens, right by the the, 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 the jail off the 105, like the tough area, right? Yeah. And he said that cops universally would rather work in the hood than work in a rich area because the people in the rich areas will like challenge you more. And like, like people in the, like in the hood, though, oh, it's a cop. We got to act right. They're like, they're, and like, get your hands off me. I want to talk to my lawyer. <laughs> like, Karen's will talk to you like that. Or you get shot at. You get, you get the two extremes. Um, Chargers defense, they allowed 20, they're 29th in yards per game allowed. That's the good news. Bad news. They're second in sacks 43. Max Crosby has 15. I think Bose is out though. No. Yeah. Bose is out. Well, so the, well, was out the first game and Cleo Mack shoved it in drive. I've been, I've been slow jacking this, uh, this injury report. I'll show, um, the bad ones especially with this pass rush. Andre James and Colt Miller both out. The two most important figures in the offensive line. Not playing. Centers. Left tackle and center. Those are the two spots you can't afford to lose. And those are also our two best offensive linemen. Brutal, right? Is Andre James our second best offensive lineman? Yeah. I don't think so. I think I think it's I think it's the most important. I think he's I think, no, I, don't losing, think I don't think he's the second best. I think losing him is second most detrimental because it's cuz he's Arguably the second best, and he's in the important position of center. Center is so could, important. I, I think it could be something that's that's pretty beneficial for us moving forward if Parham goes in there and has a nice game. That'd be great. That'd be good because enough. James has been. Yeah, he hasn't been great. But it's center is just so center is so. It important. is extremely then, important. No, I agree. And then, then Devonte has been sick. He's playing, but that's just kind of a pain. And then uh, Keenan Allen out. Dean Leonard out. Um, I don't see, uh, is Bosa on IR? Yeah, I think he is. Oh, there you go. That explains it. Checking. On IR. Joey Bosa. So big nose. We're probably going to lose. We're probably Aiden's probably gonna get sacked a lot, but he should be able, we should be able to get some offense going against this defense. And if we don't, we're terrible. And that blows. Uh, shockingly, the experts, all of them siding with the Raiders. Other than Jeez. Look how low those scores are. 15, 9, 14, 13, 13, 7, 17, 14. Yeah. Joy Bowl's on higher. Yeah. These are some rough scores, man. Yeah. Well, it's six. I mean, can you blame them? Easton stick. We're going to score 21 points. Who said that? MJD. Of course it was MJD. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Maybe. I don't see us scoring that many points. Uh, the Raiders have averaged 10 points per game in the last three. And the Chargers have averaged 7.6 games points per game in the last three. Honestly, I think the Chargers might be, be thinking tanking too. 
The Chargers might you're talking about you lose on purpose. Like I think the Chargers might be like, eh. No way Staley is. No way Staley is. I don't think unless so. he already got that. Unless he already got that. <laughs> you're gone at the end of the year. <laughs> Give me your visor. All right. Anything else you want to say about uh, Chargers? Chargers uh, Raiders coming up Thursday. Prime time, baby. Thursday night football on Amazon. Watching it on a app where I buy my shampoo and Christmas shopping. Um, you know what? Interestingly, on that note, mm-hmm. I have told myself I am not buying any more gifts online anymore. I'm gonna go to the stores with the people. I'm gonna get feel the experience, and then I end up doing it anyway. Look at you. And no, I end up I end up going online anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, enjoy the game, everybody. Again, enjoy football. This is a chance to beat the Chargers, chance to be a division rival. That always feels good. Don't get so wrapped up in like the numbers and politics of football where you don't get to sit down with the beer, with your loved ones, with your friends and family. Or without your loved ones. Or so without you it. Or just by yourself. Just enjoy a football game. So I got I to fly to Vegas tomorrow to work UFC 296, and I have to go straight to UFC Apex from the airport to set up the desk for the weigh-in show on Friday. So I'm going to try to watch the game in what's called the mix zone. It's where like Megan O'Leary or Laura Sanko or whoever do their interviews. It's like a separate studio. There's a giant monitor that it's, it's the backdrop, right? It's just a giant backdrop that has like the UFC ESPN logo or whatever in the back. And that's what they do interviews in front of. I'm going to try to get them to put the game on there. The things like the things, the size of a room, like it's enormous. I'm I'm probably just by, by myself in the mix zone after done setting up, just watch the game there. And just find a little corner to uh, to do the post show. That'd be sweet. Be a fun time. Uh, a, uh, a, um, a bartender at the strip club invited me to watch the game at her other bar where she works tomorrow. Okay. So Don't get so sucked in, you forget to do the post show. No, no, no. I'll leave at halftime. Okay. But uh, we gotta start doing some post shows at the strip club. Dude, I, I keep I keep saying we should. All right. I got, now that we, now that we have all the gear, we can we can be mobile now. Sweet. All right, that's it for us. Until next time, knock on wood if you're with me.